Welcome to AV Plus, the podcast from Commercial Integrator. I'm Adam Forziati, Senior Web Editor here at CI. Finding careers in the pro-AV space seems to be akin to slipping on a banana peel and ending up in a new car. In most cases, it's completely accidental and sometimes even a bit unlikely. Charmaine Torella, chair of the Avixa Diversity Council and global services manager at Verex, is far from the only person who's told me that they just kind of fell into AV. But if you're a young, tech-enthused person looking for a career, falling into something doesn't sound like a reliable path to employment. So I recently sat down with Charmaine and a few other people in the industry to learn more about how they got to where they are today and what advice they have for people interested in making a career in the AV integration space. This conversation with Charmaine will be the first part of that series, but before we get there, let's take a look at this week's AV News to Know. And of course, the biggest piece of AV news this week is that the dates for Infocom 2021 have been pushed back to October. Now, the new dates will be October 23rd through 29th at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida. As of right now, Integrated Systems Europe, the largest AV trade show, is still scheduled for June in Barcelona. Now, here's our conversation with Charmaine Torella. Charmaine, I, I wanted to talk to you today because I uh, keep on hearing that there is this like loss of real experts in the AV industry. Uh, first, I just want to ask you to introduce yourself and share a bit about how you got involved in the industry, and then we can kind of address that, that pressing question. Sure. Well, Charmaine Torella, I've been in the industry for the last 10 years. Before that, I was in the IT industry. And the way I got into AVs, I frankly stumbled across it. Um, it wasn't something I knew about. Uh, it was something I barely knew about through clients on the IT side. One client one day says, oh, send, sell me a Tamburg uh, video device. Great. Okay, integrate it for me. Huh? What's that? Um, so <laughs> that's how I stumbled into AV. Uh, the clients on the IT side in somewhere in 2008 after the financial crisis started bringing out doing more video, right? They wanted to save money. You know, businesses were going down, the stocks, everything. So they're doing everything in their power to integrate and not have to travel to do business and to collaborate remotely and do cross-functional work. So when people started asking for that more, I had to find a partner and I found AVI Scale at the time as a partner to work with. And then I went to work for them eventually. So that's, I just really stumbled across it. And most people do in the AV industry. Most people stumble onto AV uh, from all sorts of other sectors and industry. Yeah, I've definitely heard that kind of response from more than one pe- more than one person. In fact, I would say stumble is probably the word I hear most often uh, when, it, when it's described how people got into the space. So I know that you have a few thoughts on this topic. What do you think, what would your reaction be to the idea that we're losing, you know, a lot of real experts with experience in the industry? And, and what is sort of your, your ideas on how the industry can bridge the gap? Well, we're losing a lot of experts, one, because those experts that are here now, they're just not sharing they're not sharing information. You know, AV was such a niche industry that a certain guy that had a knack for programming, sure, microphones a certain way in a multi-purpose room, he's gold, right? So in order to keep himself valuable as gold, he is the key holder, the key master of that knowledge. And you had a lot of traditional AV people who did that. They held that knowledge for the most part to themselves 
and didn't share the tips of their work experience, you know, most of their knowledge part from, you know, learning about it, but mostly from working in the field, right? Which is a kind of knowledge that you can't be, can't be taught. So they keep that with them. And as they get older and they move on or they retire, or some cases pass away, the knowledge goes with them. So right now um, there's a deficit. You also have clients that take those knowledgeable workers right out of the AV industry onto their sites, right? They hire tech managers, you know, because most clients don't have a full-fledged AV team. Some clients do, some enterprise clients do, a lot of mid-market small clients, not really. Higher eds, I think, are the best at it. Higher eds usually have a whole full-fledged AV team, and they like to keep it that way, manage cost-effectiveness, and also to pretty much, you know, help develop that knowledge set of their AV collaboration technologies and infrastructures. But most other industries, they, they really don't. So they will come to our industry and they start selecting, oh, I'll take you, I'll take you. This guy is great. He did my project. Next thing I know, the guy is the guy I'm sitting across the table from negotiating the next deal. Like, oh, hey, Kirk, thank you for that project you did for me. So how can I help you now? And um, that's happening a lot. What has to happen is the share. Somehow that knowledge transfer has to happen. It's not going to come from the individual. The organization itself on the integration side have to foster that environment where they can allow these experts to share that knowledge, to develop and even obtain it. You know, sometimes they don't even share it with uh, their organization. They have that knowledge. And if they do, the organization itself doesn't catalog that anyway. You know, they, they don't, you know, memorialize it. They don't record it. So it's not something they can obtain and transfer easily to someone else. So you're saying that uh, integration companies themselves need to kind of set up an infrastructure, a way, a program to, uh, to share that, that knowledge. Now, if you're going to put yourself in the perspective of uh, somebody technology inclined or enthusiastic young person who might be interested in, in joining up with a Navy company uh, for their career, what advice would you give them? I give them the advice of making sure that you, the company that you join up with has a program of mentoring, meaning that when you are starting up with that company, make sure you can shadow somebody. Uh, one of the best ways for now that you can learn going in a company. Very few places do that. A good number of other places do though. They will allow a person to shadow a more experienced person within the organization, not only to learn uh, more of the AV knowledge and do more of the transfer, you know, through actual being in the field together, but also to help mentor them through the process of that particular company. So the best thing is to team up with somebody. Um, that's the best way. Find someone to team up, make that recommendation or suggestion when you do get hired. Is there someone that I'm going to be able to team up with, be able to shadow from project to project, from, you know, time to time? You know, that's very key and crucial to the person, the transfer, for, you know, continuing with the new people that come in. Now, to me, that kind of sounds, I, I know these are two different things, but it also reminds me of like an internship, right? So in your experience or what you know about the industry right now, are there certain university programs, internships, or uh, courses of study that you think you would recommend or is that not always yeah. necessary? Where do you stand on that? 
It's not always necessary. It depends also your region and where you're located. Now here in New York City where I am, there's a few recommendations I could give you, right? I could tell you, for example, the CUNY City University of New York, New York Technical College, downtown Brooklyn, they actually have an AV program. That's very rare. So it's rare that you find higher eds or any kind of technical schools that actually have a full-fledged AV program. But because it's New York City and AV is, is prevalent everywhere, they found the need, they found the budget, and they've instituted that under John Huntington with CUNY uh, New York Technical College. In Boston, you could have something like the Loop Lab under Chris Hope where they do uh, content technology, but they also have an AV course and curriculum as well. In Jersey, it's Lincoln Tech. Um, in the, uh, one of the campuses, not the Mawa, but the other Lincoln Tech campus in New Jersey under CJ Jones. Um, so depending on region, some places in the country actually have tech schools that have an AV curriculum. Most places don't, however. And so when it comes to a recommendation, I usually say to learn, try to see if you can intern or do entry-level work for Navy integrator, depending on where you're located, and then get that direction through that as to the next steps. There are other places that have internships, but it's starting to come online. It's now more than ever that more places are doing internships, like Red Thread, in New England, they used to do them. Um, AVISPL kind of does some, um, but it's it's a little bit going through, going to your, look at your region, look within your region, figure out what AV integrators are there and just start researching it that way because every part of the country is not the same. So it seems like, you know, I guess maybe this is the case for, for many fields uh, in a crowded uh, work economy uh, as we have right now, but it seems like if you're a young person who's interested in technology and interested in a career in technology, you really have to be more proactive than ever uh, if if you want to land a, a job that is fulfilling um, and and gives you all the opportunities you might need to actually pursue the difference between a job and a career. I guess do you have any recommendations for like what the tone of reception is like for for young people? Uh, do um, integration firms are they going to be broadly friendly towards um, towards the next generation who doesn't have that experience but wants to do that entry-level work, wants to get involved? And uh, what would you give in terms of recommendations for young people uh, approaching integrators to do that kind of thing? Well, it's not, a, it's not always only just a case of them being friendly. Um, a lot of integrators are just holistic. Um, they're not corporate structured, right? So it's just a very homegrown type of structure where it's, they hire people they know most of the time. So um, if a young person was to attend or approach an AV integrator, they, they would have to, you know, they'd have to find a way to know about this integration. They stumble across it. That's how most of us, again, find and feel. My, what I usually say is go to industry events. Best way to approach it your own person, if you figured out that you want to do AV, look up industry AV events. That's the best start. Not really going to the integrator, but going in the environment of the integrator. If you participate in any of the regional AV events, national, virtual, find them, attend, 
and then find someone that you can ask questions. Start that way. That's the best way of level of entry. And that's what a lot of people are, you know, who are looking to get into this industry and other tech industries, they do. They go to these events. They go to Gardner Symposium or Cisco Live. They go to the tech events because that's where you'll be able to not only talk to one side of the coin, which are the vendors, but you're also talking to the client side and the manufacturer side. You get to hit all sides. Because just because you want to be in the AV industry, you don't necessarily have to work for an integrator. You could be in the AV industry and work for a manufacturer and do that for them or for a client. And from where I sit in comparison, a lot of the clients have more opportunities and to give internships than the integration world. So clients are more, more able to give those internships. AV integrators, because a lot of them are homegrown, not always, unless they're the major enterprise ones. So that's what I would recommend. So reflecting on your own career path, um, is there anything that you would have done differently to get into the AV space in, in retrospect? Differently, different than tripping across it and falling into it? <laughs> I don't, um, no, I don't think so. I just, I fell into it. Thank God I had a techno, technological background, you know, beforehand. So I wouldn't have done anything differently except I would have mapped out the kind of AV career much earlier for myself, That, if that makes sense. So when I stumbled into it 10 years ago, I said, oh, this is cool. I never gave thought to the kind of career I wanted to have in AV. I just stumbled into it, was good at the time. My clients wanted to do this. And I said, oh, this is great. And it was something else that I can provide for them. But I didn't necessarily map out a career path. And I think I should have done that in the beginning, map out a career path right at the top instead of as I went along. So it's not like you had like a long-term goal for where you want it to be eventually. You just kind of made it happen over yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. I made it happen over time. I didn't have a long-term goal. I just wanted to see, okay, let's see what this is about. It was kind of like an experiment for me. And um, the experiment worked. <laughs> I just kept going with the experiment, but I didn't come up with, you know, a patent for the experiment, right? The chemical concoction of AV that I stumbled into. So I needed to come up with my own patent and how I wanted to, you know, brand myself in this industry. And I just came to that now, right? In the last couple of years of my career. So now I've come to that. Um, but in the beginning, I did not have that concept in mind. You know, it's always good to look ahead. And, and obviously, you're, you're saying your one regret would be that you didn't look ahead in terms of your career path. But uh, speaking of looking ahead, uh, where do you see the industry going in about 10 years versus where do you hope it will be in about 10 years? I hope in 10 years, the industry is going to be more known. That's my always biggest thing. Um, AVs everywhere. And I think the hardest part is explaining AV to people who are not aware that it's all around them. I'd like to see the industry be a little more prolific, a lot more prolific uh, amongst the other tech sectors like cybersecurity and network and basic IT, right? Um, there's a lot of, and content and production. AV definitely deserves to stand side by side instead of, you know, in the shadows. Right now, if you talk to an IT manager, AV is a component to them, but not a component that is, okay, I rely on it. It's just all this other stuff comes before, which they're right. You need network to light up 
a building, you need telephony and all that to tie into AV and AV ties into all of that. True. But as a business, you're not going to be able to collaborate any business without a degree of AV being present um, at all. You know, so it's just, it's there. It's in everything we do when we go to eat, when we socialize, AV is ever present. I would love to see that become a thing and see some association or somebody take that on and make that more, you know, prolific in the economy today and really, you know, put AV on the pedestal where it belongs, um, kind of where I see it, which is going to open AV up to mingling with those other sectors, right? Mingling with the IT more, mingling with production and, and the other things and telephony more and cybersecurity more, just really being able to collaborate more with those other tech sectors. That's where I see it in 10 years. And I'm praying for the best. I hope it happens. 